now we will begin the dance. This is the Brahms dance. everyone and welcome once again to post game of thrones the official game of thrones podcast of the books of the show of the george R. R. martin i'm your host eddie Colazzo, and i'm your onion of ill omen <laughs> and with the end always it's brooks oglesby i'm the boy because this episode killed me <laughs> episode's called kill the boy it's called kill the boy for like all of you who don't actually watch the show <laughs> how you we missed you yeah, um, yeah. For those of you who who are wondering where your your content fix was, my computer blew up when I was trying to watch this episode. <laughs> it lasted th- through thick and thin for three years, and then it saw it saw the scene where they foreshadowed John being a Targaryen, and it was just like fuck this, bye. And then the charger port blew up. And now you're you're back. You're back with it. How has the new has the new lappy? The new lappy's pretty good. It's a touch screen, me, and I got Alfredo those, sauce on it pretty those, much immediately. Give specs. What's, how many gigahertz does it have? Oh, the the nice man at Best Buy was like, how much do you know about computers? And I just started, like, like a single tear rolled down my cheek. <laughs> he said, I'm going to give you the good boy RAM. Yeah. And you said, that seems like enough to run Windows 10. And that's all he we said, know about it. <laughs> yeah. That's Perfect. It. I refuse to I, I refuse to get anything but the good Windows 10. Okay, and he says. Well, we I don't think good. I. I don't think I've ever been in the laptop section of Best Buy without without a middle aged couple complaining about Windows 10 ruining everything. Like that happened to me last week, and it, it seems like it's always like I tried to get to my email and it worked fine before I had to upgrade. Like I feel like I've heard that conversation thirty times every what time. What probably I walk into happened Best Buy. is they forgot their password. Yeah. Actually, anytime you ask, like it's fine. If you ask someone that says they hate Windows 10, they can't tell you what they hate about it. They just do because it's new and different. That's, I don't know. Like, that's I, my I, hot I, take. Now that I have a touchscreen and everything, like, it's kind of cool, but also I hate... I don't know why... Like, they, they got rid of Movie Maker, and in its place, they just put a flaming skeleton that flies out of the screen. Oh, like Halo. <laughs> yeah, like Halo 2. Uh, we, need, uh, we went back in the uh, archives, and we got to recorrect it because it was Halo 4, not Halo 2. So. Oh, okay. Bit of a retcon. Okay. Uh, before we record, Thank it was God. like <laughs> we're recording at at three o'clock today on this wonderful Labor Day. So we got we got to go eighty minutes so we, we can wish each other a happy four twenty. Yeah, unfortunately, but it was like three forty two, and I just looked at him. I was like, "Oh my God!" She's like, "What? What is it?" I was just like, "I don't have any sketty." <laughs> so I had to make an emergency Wawa run. I'm doing like sixty five to the Wawa that's one mile away into the spot, run in, get my Sketty, and they changed the packaging on it. Oh no. I mean, it's okay. I couldn't even remember the old Sketty. Because it's like, when I, <laughs> when I get it, it's in my stomach so fast that I, like, I might as well eat the whole bag. Yeah. But I got my Sketty, I got my iced coffee, I got Kim her fantasy Coke that you, you put her on, the Coke lemon and lime. It's the good stuff. It's the good, it's the good drink. Listen, I've been... Ever since ever since Kim got me on that far out lemonade tip, it's been uh, kind of a, a struggle to walk past that fantasy Coke machine and not see it, it there. It was for a limited time only. This kitchen's not the same without, without you. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, want to talk about this episode? 
I really don't. I played Undertale this week. We can talk oh, about that instead. Undertale, the game of 2015. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> I don't know. That's that's kind of how I how I consume media. Uh, so you you enjoyed this the skeleton fucking game? Yeah, I play. I, uh, I played the skeleton fucking game. Um, I've only done the pacifist run, and I want everybody to be happy. So I, me too. I'm like that's probably it. Keep it that way. For I beat a while. it, and I was like, I'm never touching this game again. Like it's yeah, perfect. It's like, you could ruin everybody's good time and like ruin the life of your mom and your new fish girlfriend, but I'm don't want to. Oh, hot take. That is your fish girlfriend. I mean, that's gonna call. It, that's gonna ruffle some feathers. Listen, it already has. <laughs> I, yeah, it's. I, I'm just it's a contentious topic. I'm just like happy that when when I see uh, Papyrus, I'm like, that's Brooks, and now you know it is. It very much is. And what was the? Uh, also, also Nabs to Blue is my is my son. I would like to to just lock that in real quick on the internet. It's a very good friend. Um, and the I I believe your theme song is the dating start. Is yeah, it, is that that's my is theme it, song? It, it is correct. Thank you. Thanks for the uh, the validation. Yeah. And and I I don't remember who said it on Twitter, but you're also the nice cream man for sure. Yeah, what a great guy. And, and Keats Flamesman. I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> who? He's, he's just he's he's in the he's he's in the Hotland, and he's just a little flame man. And you talk to him, and he says, and he's like, I, hey, I'm Heats Flamesman. Remember my name?" And then you talk to him again, and he goes, eh, "Do you remember my name?" And then you say yes, because obviously. And then he's just like shocked and hurt for the rest of the game. <laughs> I remember his name. Yeah. Did you? Uh, I didn't do this. Two things I didn't do on my playthrough. Spoilers. Big Undertale's not really. It's just little little things that are funny. Big um, Undertale spoilers. The f- Sands is Ness. Yeah. I'm welcome to game theory. Uh, fuck off. Uh, when you first, <laughs> I think it's like the first dog you fight, like the dog in the armor. Yeah. If you keep petting it, its neck like keeps extending around the screen forever. That's very good. It's very good. And in the I... Hotland, when uh, Sands gives you a hot dog and puts it on your head, did you do that? I don't think so. He has like a little stand where he'll just give you hot dogs, and if you keep getting hot dogs, they'll just stack and stack on top of your head till there's like a million of them, and it's very funny. Oh. Was that was that around the time when my fish girlfriend was trying to kill me? Mm, I'm not totally sure. I don't remember. I remember events, but not chronologically, because I played it last year, the game in 2015. Yeah. The... <laughs> it's it's a lot like how I still kind of feel like it's the year of Luigi, even though that was 2013, you know? That was... Oh my god, the year of Luigi was three years ago? Yeah. I mean, not in my heart. But... That really puts... Because I remember I bought... Um, I went to Nintendo World, because I was just in the city for a day and had nothing to do, and I brought a Luigi mug, and I was like, wow, this is not actually ironic, but I'm going to pretend it is, because Luigi's my friend. And it yeah. was during his year, like I had to. Have I told the story about how me and my childhood best friend wanted to trick-or-treat as Mario and Luigi one year, and then I went to his house on Halloween night, and he just wasn't there? So I had to go trick-or-treating as Luigi. By yourself? By myself. <laughs> Which What's is up, Paul? You fucking asshole. Like, that's the most Luigi thing to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't want to, but... This one's a Cogman joint, so you know there's going to be plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. To keep a, a trend going for more than one episode. This uh, episode was written by our everyone's favorite special friend, Brian Cogman, and directed by Jeremy Podeswa. He's got a new dose of gothic horror for us. 
Oh, it's a so it's I, a hardened woman making a choice. Mm-hmm. Is how I know gothic horror. Mm-hmm. This dad's root beer is fucking good. It's gonna carry me through this next hour. So it's dad's root beer and and not not your father's root beer, right? It, because it is your father's root beer. Because not your father's root beer is, has, is the bad juice. It's the devil's trick. And every time I go, <laughs> every, every time I go to an adult bar, I'm like, ooh, a root beer. That looks like fun for me. Nuh-uh. Finally, soda for kids. And then it's not. They ask me for my ID, and then I just I turn 360 degrees and leave. <laughs> oh, uh, I'd like to bring up, I had my first day of real college class. Um, Congrats. Thursday. It was for my, my, one of my English classes, and we had to do an introducing yourself thing. And Sorry. for one of, yeah. And for one of the topics was like, what was the last book you read? And I was like, great, I get to complain about <laughs> Game of Thrones. But it was like you had to pair up with someone and introduce them. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't care. Shit. I don't care about this girl's dogs. But like, anyway, a bunch of people went around and I said the last book I read was A Feast for Crows. And no one responded. And then I said, it's one of, I, I, I it took everything in me. Like I had this. It was like no, a, spirit, a spirit bomb from my heart that killed me <laughs> to say, it's one of the Game of Thrones books. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, oh! Yeah. So. I, 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 I've also become a teacher since the last episode. I guess oh, I should mention that. Big, big changes have gone on. <laughs> I mostly played Undertale and got a new laptop, but I'm also a teacher man now. <laughs> um, which I hope never, never gets back to any of my students that I do this horrible show. Um, but yeah, I... All of the introductions and everything have been, Hi, I'm Brooks. I, uh, I'm a big fan of pro wrestling, and I love the A Song of Ice and Fire book series. The book series that is George R. R. Martin wrote about the Stark family, it's the book series. Huh? It's, it's, it's a hill that I will die on that nobody will ever care about. Much like this show. One of, uh, we had to, everyone had to say, uh, like, two facts about themselves, and some girl, her fact was she binge-watched A Game of Thrones all of the summer. So, Damn. I'm going to tell her about my podcast <laughs> and get one download once. Yeah, I would really, like, it would be super cool if anybody listened just <laughs> once. You don't even have to like it. Yeah. Just, just, like, leave us a bad review on iTunes and I'll be like, yeah, finally. It's, it's annoying that, like, people reblog the show and, like, spread the word but won't listen to it. <laughs> once and then stop. Just one, like, just like, go jogging and leave it on on your computer. It'll still count. Yeah, and that's how it works, right? I think so. Uh, kill, kill so that's, that's been about ten minutes, right? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> nearly. So we'll exactly. just skip the Jorah Mormont part. Yeah, uh, kill the boy. Uh, this episode opens uh, with the last time on Game of Thrones, and literally every person is talking about the Stone Men of Valyria. <laughs> yeah, like every mention of it on the show up until this point has been recorded and played right now. Uh, but unfortunately we start in Marine, where B- Barristan Selmy is dead forever. Uh-huh. Grey Worm is sleepy, and we can assume that Missandei's very sad. Um, but then Barristan is extremely sleepy. And Danny, we can also assume, is also showing some degree of internal emotion about it. Um, in the, like, in interviews and stuff, they were like, yes, we ha- we had to kill Barristan because we really wanted uh, Daenerys to feel like she was isolated and had no... No counsel, so that's why Tyrion fucking shows up two episodes later and takes his exact spot. Yeah. Uh, we, we need Danny to be on her own for two episodes before another perfect advice. And watch, I bet one of them, like, is one she's not even in. Yeah. Uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, Tyrion killed more of the Harpy than Barristan did? But I think he actually did. 
Because he super saves Miss Sandy at the end of the season. I, from the and I uh, started reading uh, Dance with Dragons since the last time we did this show. And it's it's very good. If you didn't I'm know glad. That. It's I'm very glad. good. Um, and the first Daenerys chapter, it starts with, remember when one of the Unsullied was killed by the Harpy because he, like, touched a titty or something? Yeah, and then there was the long scene from the books where Miss Sandy and Grey Worm looked at each other. No. Uh... <laughs> But in the books, they talk like in the show. They obviously have to show his neck being slit and blood spraying, spraying everywhere, and the prostitute there. Right. But in the books, they just show up with his body, and they're like, "Hey, this happened." Also, it took fucking six of them to do this, and he like still got them really bad. Yeah. Because they're like trained from birth to be fighters, and also his name was Stalwart Shield, which is very good. It's so awesome that they get like a battalion of Unsullied named after him. Yeah. But in the show, he just gets fucking, killed. They read the spark notes for A Dance with Dragons, and they were like, slitting their throat for a hug? That's fucking sick. Let's show that. And also name him White Rat? Really? They did? I'm pretty sure they named him White Rat in the show. The thing the thing is, the thing is, all, a, as soon as Daenerys, uh, like, freed the Unsullied, quote-unquote, they were allowed to pick all their names. And I thought the thing was just Grey Worm picked Grey Worm, because he's like, this is the name I had when you freed me, and it's lucky. Like, right. not everyone is Grey Worm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be Stalwart Shield. I would be Cool Eddie. Like, yeah. if I could pick my own name. I'm Chad. <laughs> Chad Dovagetti. Can you I would love to be killed by Stalwart Shield, but if I got killed by Chad, I would be really pissed. True. Not, like, in, uh, maybe if it was in the fighting pits, like, okay. Yeah. But. If it was, like, Cool Chad. <laughs> cool Chad the Fighter. Yeah, there the you cooler go. Chad. Yeah, with sunglasses. Yeah. So, so speaking uh, of cool yeah. characters, Hisdar's here. Um, and he seems suspicious again. Remember when Hisdar like, is like actually like I the best? I give you my condolences, my queen. Remember when he's actually like the best character in this season? Yeah, the resistance narrative that they accidentally <laughs> did. He becomes Sansa. Yeah. So the camera zooms out in this scene, and Dario's literally holding Baristan's foot. <laughs> what? That's all that I could focus on in this scene. I swear to God, he's just like standing vigil, but he's just holding onto his shoe. I, uh, you're really. Did you watch this again? No, because I, I have. I couldn't. It's been over. It's like two weeks now since I watched this, and I have very little memory of it. So he has one hand on his like big Texas belt buckle, and the other <laughs> hand on Baristan's foot. Um. So Dario suggests that they do what they're already doing and try to get the harpy. And then Danny says, I have another idea. Bring every leader of every great family to me. Yes. Is this when so, she burns a guy to death for no reason? So then his star gets taken and shows up with the rest of them in dragon jail. <laughs> um, dragon jail, dragon jail. <laughs> Come along, take my foot. <laughs> uh, so... So, uh, this is good, because Danny's already in complete control of her dragons now, and this is just a torture chamber for instead this, of, like... For this scene. For this scene. Um, and her dragon... Man, this is so good. So she starts, like, torturing these dudes by making them, like, again, this this good character, um, starts torturing these dudes by poking them in the back with spears, and t- so they have to walk into the dark dragon jail where two dragons live. Yes. So they're walking at spear point, and Danny monologues and sounds so fucking bored the whole time. That's how you're a strong woman, Brooks. You kill people with dragon fire, and you don't care. 
It's just like uh, Coach Joe Star or Jemmy Rebby. <laughs> what? What was that last part? She says Jemmy Rebby. And <laughs> I have, That's like, my the, new gem band, Jemmy Rebby. Yeah. <laughs> I like I've ever since Vos I've started like writing down the phonetics because I swear to God, it's just the same four things, just like I know it's an actual language and everyone's like, Amelia Clark's very good for learning this language, but I swear to God she just says Co- Vos, Koshtoshadalor, and Jemmy Rebby. <laughs> So anyways, she says some funny words, and then Dario pushes one of the guys into the fire, and a dragon roasts him alive, and they tear him in half and eat him. In front of his friends, and she's like, this will happen to you. And then Dan- and then Daenerys says, who here is innocent? Maybe you all are, maybe none of you are. Maybe I should let the dragons decide. I'm a good character. Yeah, good. Maybe you are all innocent. Maybe I should also have you brutally murdered to death by a dragon. Who said this? Daenerys, the good character, or the Mad King Aerys Targaryen? He yeah. decide. Maybe none of them said it. <laughs> so his star is like stone cold about dying, and he says this Valor Morghulis or whatever, which also seems pretty suspicious that he's like willing to like die for the harpy. But we are not men. Know. But yeah, we are not men. So then Daenerys gets really shook all of a sudden, and she's like, "I don't want to over overfeed him." Just, but maybe tomorrow, you better watch it. So then she just like so everybody leaves, but Daenerys just chills and watches her children munch on this innocent dude for a little bit, for yeah, like thirty for, seconds, for fun, and like makes empowered smirk face. Mm-hmm. And oh hey, my note. There's a there's a joke in my notes. Hey, um, so okay, so. The the master in this scene was used as dragon bait, so he was kind of master bait, if you think about it. Great masters, more like bait masters. It's very good. I knew I had a good joke in these notes. I wish Kim were here. She's yeah, she's in the shower. She's washing. She knows that this happened and is already. Her spidey that sense off. just tingled. Yeah, she doesn't know why, but she knows it's bad. <laughs> I sense a disturbance. <laughs> Uh, so, at the wall, Sam finally checked on the dying, sick, 102-year-old man. Uh-huh. And, and um, what else happens? He says, kill so, the boy. So Sam's fucking little birds, I guess, sent in a detailed <laughs> progress report on Danny's internal struggles in Marine. Yeah, like, so, it's like, so, Danny just killed a dude, but she felt really bad about it. So, um, uh, Mr. Raymond could know about it before he dies. And then, oh my... I was looking for a work of the week, so, like, what I usually do is I just, like, I like skip through, like, five minutes each, and I just, like, look for something interesting, <laughs> and, I mean, I, I consult the themes, and I do grad school coding uh-huh. uh, to find the truth. Um, so, this uh, this gave me diarrhea immediately when I saw it again, because <laughs> Eamon goes, a Targaryen alone in the world is a terrible thing, and then John immediately barges in and says, and, like, he waits, he sits there silently for, like, three seconds. That was a very good Eamon voice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm gonna, not gonna jinx it by never doing it again. <laughs> um, so he says a Targaryen alone in the world is terrible, and then John barges in, so the audience gets it, but sits they don't. there, and then, like, wait, one, two, three. Hey, Master Eamon, I need to talk to you. You'd think they would get it, but they literally had to release, like, a flowchart of Targaryen lineage on HBO.com to explain that Ned Stark didn't fuck his sister. Yeah. So. It's very bad. <laughs> so, see, so yeah, John walks in, and he's like, Sam, have you seen my sombrero? And then he, he, 
He's like, I have a plan, but I'm, I guess, to like fuck Melisandre based on what happened last episode. I don't know what his. And then he's worried that the Night's Watch will hate his plan. And then Eamon's like, who cares? Can somebody get me a fucking blanket? I'm very cold. Kill the boy. They do the book dialogue that they read on the Reddit thread for most epic quotes from Feast Dance. Yeah. Winter is happening. Yeah. Kill that boy. Oh shit. Oh shit. Kill that boy. That's that's the oh, frog meme. The the frog. Uh, it's fuck. That's a that's a good meme. It is. But instead of a frog, it's Jon Snow on a unicycle, and he's acting very good, and he gets nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. And he's on the unicycle, and he says, "I slept with a wildling girl." <laughs> Not now, John. We know. Alistair Thorne goes, "Oh shit, what up?" And it's a funny. <laughs> meme. Um, uh, does so that, John- uh, does anyone else remember the book character Tormund Giants Vane? <laughs> uh. You know? Remember how they, instead of making, um, uh, the Fen, like, cannibals, instead of just guys, there's actually a book wildling called the fucking Weeper, and he's known for killing and destroying everyone, but they couldn't put that in the show because weeping is crying and that's not for men? Um, I think about the sorrow, the... The Sorrowful Men all the time. I was literally in Wawa last night, just, like, waiting for... Hoping a Sorrowful Man would take you away. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I was just, like, waiting for my hoagie, and my mind immediately was, like, the Sorrowful Men are the coolest fucking characters in the entire books, because they're they're, they're this, like, Assassin's Guild, like, the Faceless Men, but right before they kill you, they just whisper, I'm so sorry. And they cry one tear, and then they kill you. It's very fucking cool. It is. There's, man, but none of that is as cool as... A, a a man from Russia with like face tattoos saying I'm gonna eat your paw. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there, there's a guy named the Weeper in the books who yeah. is so. There's awesome. also a character named Mance Raider in the books who is the king beyond the wall. And I like, I loved uh in in like one of the earlier John chapters, the, uh, Stannis is like in the Dance of Dragons. Stannis is like, oh, these important people come to my come to my office. And John goes in and um, rattle shirts there, and he's like, "What oh, yes. the fuck is this guy doing here?" And he's like, "It's me, John Snow. It's me, Rattle Shirt. Look at my crazy bones and my cool ruby. <laughs> fuck you." <laughs> and yeah, you're just like, uh, "Okay." Whatever. And then he goes, "Warg of the week." Yeah, he says "Warg of the week," and he turns into dust. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love Mance Raider. Holy shit! And it, man, it sure does give me food poisoning to like think. That nobody who only watches the show even remembers him at all. It's a good thing he got burned to fire. Yeah. And, and he said, cha He said, how could you do it, uh, Stannis? You gave your own Night's Watch brother the spicy foot? <laughs> this show would be so completely unscrutable to anybody who doesn't just, like, spend eight hours a day on Tumblr. <laughs> uh, we have a heating pad that I use for my belly because it hurts a lot. Right. And sometimes I'm like, Kim, give me the, the heating pad, please. But she was using it, and it's already on, like, maximum volume. And all I say is, like, how could you give your own boyfriend the spicy pad? And she doesn't know what that means, but I still say it every time. It's very good. It's very good. Anyway. Uh, so John goes to... Oh, good. We're making good time on this episode. John goes to Tormund. We have to and... make up. We have to fit two weeks' worth of content into this one episode. Yeah. And he's asking who's leading the Free Folk, and, like, who fucking knows or cares where the Free Folk are for the next two seasons? Um, you can, just to give you some info, I specifically wrote this down, that I was too busy complaining about this episode on Twitter while this was happening. Sure. I was too involved with the hashtag Crankin' Nation, as they're known, fans yes. of the show. 
so I just wrote down, it, this is just like two cardboard cutouts, like saying words, but not actually talking. For sure. He's like, we don't have enough supplies for all the free folk. Also, where are all the free folk? They're, they're, they're not around here yet. They're all in hard home now for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, I have to talk about the one part where, uh, where Tormund's like, hey, hey, bastard, the wildlings will not kneel. And then John says, hey, but some free folk can't fight. Think of the women and children, and quick, John, name one member of the free folk you've ever met not in this room right now. Like, mm, I don't uh, know. I saw the uh, loveling girl. The beautiful warrior princess that obliterated all your friends and that you gave lie down kisses to, the one that Melisandre just referenced like a second ago. Women and children. But, yeah, there's, man, Spearwives were good characters. Um, Who? Oh, no, there was, there is a, a spearwife in this in this season, and she sees a kid that's a zombie, and she dies. Oh my! Oh, Carsey! Oh no! The one that was originally written as a man, and then they were like, "This would be more good if it was a woman, because women don't like to, because women are, are maternal, and that's what they're here for." I'm yeah. I'm Brian Cogman. <laughs> Welcome to my mind zone. Welcome to my twisted Cogman mind. <laughs> Uh, does anything? Yeah. He takes uh, Tormund's handcuffs off. Okay, yeah. He go, John goes, "Tormund, you're a coward," and then he says, "Easy to say that to a guy in chains." So then, so then John, I guess, was just holding his freedom key all along, and immediately unlocks his chains. And then, uh, you you didn't hear when John he said uh, Aloha Mora, uh-huh. and, and he cast. Is that the unlocking spell? I think so. Akio key. Yeah. Um, so then Tormund says. You're coming with me, because the audience is too stupid to care about anyone other than the mainest main characters. It's like, oh my god, I was... Ugh, fuck. I get, like, cutting down the characters, but the more the show goes on, the more you realize they just fucking throw people together to do it, because, like, we know them. Like, yeah. John going to Hardhome is so fucking dumb when you think about it, especially with what happens. Like, what if he died? I mean, he does die, but, like, yeah. what if, like... It was a disaster even more. Remember when Rattleshirt calls Tormund gay and then he just kills him right there? Hardhome was a great episode, you guys. That actually happened. And we were, remember we were still thinking, like, wow, what if they really did glamour him to look... Nope, he says, hey, yeah. Tormund... Hey, you want to kiss that boy, don't you? Hey, also, you're hey. a boy. Meanwhile, in the in the books, Tormund's like, I fuck bears and giraffes. But in the show, <laughs> Rattleshirt says, hey, do you want to be nice to a boy? And he just I destroys his brain. Sorry, guy. Yeah, his destroys his brain in half with like a mace because he said boys are here <laughs> man all of like john's episode nine arc for the last three seasons have been exactly the same it's just been a big good fight yeah and like like hard home was a cool fight like it was a cool fight that didn't matter at all but it was a cool fight but I think uh, the only the reason he gets from Hard Home is literally better than the fight. The only reason it was cool is because it was un- it was unexpected. That's not to say it was a twist. It was just like wow, no one's expecting this huge twenty minute like set piece here. But the more if you go back and watch it again, like nothing makes sense. Like why didn't they just send all the skeletons to kill them right away? Why yeah. did this convoluted uh, events happen to leave John and one uh, White Walker alone to fight with Valyrian Steel? You know what? I wish we could, I wish we would rewatch that episode because I bet I could do like some fucking sweet Undertale bits. 
Like, hey, that that skeleton is is papyrus. Like, <laughs> oh, that would be really good. Like just playing over that fight. A very good song. What if the, uh, the skeleton wanted to date Jon Snow? That would be really. Well, can you give a skeleton lie down kisses? The oh, the the Lord's kiss. Yeah. Can you, can you invent conolingus on a skeleton? Is that what you're saying? Bonolingus? Is that it? There's yeah. something. Skelelingus? Skelelingus. The vagina bones. We'll work on it. Yeah. Boner. Oh, this show, this show sucks. Um, yeah, this show fucking sucks. So, uh, so John goes to the Great Hall and he says, Hey, actually, wildlings are good. Um, <laughs> more, they're more good than the White Walkers. And then exactly half the room says, Actually, they're bad, you fucking idiot. And then they cut to Ollie saying no 16 times. Yeah, and then Stannis says the funny grammar meme, because that's the only way they can fucking humanize this dude. And the scene is just like dramatic musical chairs, because everybody just sits and scoots and stands when it's their turn. So and then Ollie's Ed's, there. Yeah, did you, Ed, like, Ollie's just, like, constantly. And I hope that picked up on the mic. Um, so Ed says, hey, I love you, but actually the wildlings are bad. And John says they're not as bad as the worst thing, and then everybody just rabbles for the rest of the scene. Um, does, is this, after this, does Ollie, like, bring John's... He gets a steward like, visit. Like, slop up to his room or whatever? And Ollie's very testy. And Ollie's, like, he's, like, not looking at him, and he's being very short, and then... <laughs> The first thing he goes, he's like, hey, the wildling friendship pack thing that you said was just a ruse to kill them better, right? Yeah, that's exactly what he says. And John's like, no, like, they are fucking, mo-. like, this is when John is actually kind of a character, because he's like, no, they are very deadly and dangerous. Oh, I slept with a wildling girl, they're sl- very scary. I slept with a wildling girl, and we'll all, we'll all die if we don't do this. Um, do you have anything to tell me? Because it looks like you want to say something. And Ollie's like, when you haven't said that the wildlings killed your parents in five minutes? <laughs> He's like, they slaughtered me, mom and dad. He go like. He also, goes, he's for some reason he's wearing a garbage bag in this scene because he's fucking <laughs> trash. He like he's wearing a fucking Tiny Tim costume, <laughs> a little Dickensian potato boy. <laughs> and he goes, they butchered my family. And I I realized in this scene that like they say butchered when like they want a scene to be dramatic but they don't want to work hard. Like, in the last episode, Sansa was like, they butchered my family. And, like, sometime else in this episode, she also says, like, they... I I, I went to uh, the Rap Genius section of Game of Thrones, or the Game of Thrones section of Rap Genius, and I googled butchered, and almost every episode in the last two seasons has an instance of the word butchered. Yeah, because it's drama. HBO, they know it. Also, I counted, I counted, and it's 16 minutes into this episode, and this is the third time in this episode that John explains that the White Walkers are coming and we need free folk on our side. But it was do, just three scenes in a row of actually, but, hey. Like, what What if we kill them, though? Here's my thing. My thing is that they've been raiding the gift, and I don't like that, and they killed Pip and they killed Gren. Um, like, this Actually, whole... we killed them, too, a lot, and they... It's, it's, there's people over there too. It's one, one world, no borders. Like, it's just racism. <laughs> like, there's no drama. It's just idiots. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It could be like, some of them eat people. Like, that would have been like a more cogent argument. But no, they killed me. They butchered me mom. They butchered me mom. They invented potatoes and then <laughs> killed my, killed my parents so that they could never have one. 
Um, Brienne is somewhere. Uh, yes, Brienne and Potter at Wintertown or whatever, and Brienne's looking out of a window, but very angrily and empoweredly. Uh-huh. Uh, so Pod like says some ridiculous straw writing shit, which like fucking Bravo Cogman on just like not having characters say shit except to like alley oop dialogue, and he's just like. Hey, at least Sansa's not with the bad Lannisters, even though Tyrion was just my best friend three days ago. At least she's not with the bad Lannisters, and then she can go, actually, the Boltons are bad. Yeah. And And doesn't Brienne say something like, because this is like 18 weeks ago that I watched this, um, (laughs) something about Sansa not knowing she's in danger? Yeah. Because this, this, again, season five is about punishing Sansa for thinking that, like, she can have agency. So, like, what? What's going on? Don't worry about that shit, because fantasy Billy Bob Thornton shows up with some water, and he's like, I knew Ned Stark, Bad Santa 2, Mr. Woodcock, School for Scoundrels, I'm Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Thank and you, just... goodbye. <laughs> he looks exactly like Billy Bob Thornton with a shitty peasant hat on. And did they say any? He's like, I heard that Sansa's is up in Winterfell. Like, what? That's how Sansa's like, talking. I heard, <laughs> I heard Sansa was up there at the Winterfells. And then, and then Brienne's like, I heard Sansa's up there, and I'm going to go get her. And she, and then he's like, That's Ned Stark's daughter. And she, and he's you like, know, she's like, yes, and I'm going to get her. You know what we say? The North remembers. <laughs> I'm Brienne of Tarth, and I swore an oath to Cat. Adios, amigo. <laughs> Dinosaur! <laughs> Dino DNA! <laughs> Fuck. Goodbye, Bob, we had Billy Bob Thornton was so good in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> hey, Kim, remember when Billy Bob Thornton was in Jurassic Park? Yeah. And who? which character did he play? For the he tra- played, the, um, the, the Stegosaurus. Mecha, right? The Stegosaurus, yeah. That was Billy Bob Thornton. He said, Barbasol! Um, Bulbasaurus. That's not true at all. He it's, wasn't in the movie. Thank you, Kim. IMDb over here. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say this: I, the way I do my notes is I write like the main character of that scene, and then I like separate it into chunks. Yeah. I remember so, seeing a snippet where you had just like Ollie, and then just like fuck thirty times underneath it. So yeah, so like it says uh, like Danny, like John, Brienne, and then I have right here it says Ramsey and. Uh-huh. Literally an entire page. Yeah, it's fucking, it's Winterfell shit this episode. dealing with Ramsay for 25 minutes. Because he's the protagonist and he's their favorite character. He's actually the protagonist. So Miranda, um, his invented girlfriend, is looking out a window, but she's naked and she's very sad because she saw Ramsay look at her fia- look at his fiance. And um, she's very naked, but Ramsay has a blankie over his dicky for this scene. And this scene is just a fucking absolute nightmare. Yeah, he's in, like, sexual protagonist pose. Yeah, if you, uh, man, if you thought the wave was good, um, she's, she's, like, looking out the window and, like, and very, very naked, and she's like, do you think she's pretty? And then he's like, I mean, yeah. And she literally grinds her fingernails against the stone wall. Oh my god, this is so good. This scene's starting, and then, uh, Kim goes, who is she? And then Ramsey walks up behind her and he goes, you may be the kennel master's daughter. <laughs> you may be, uh, I don't know. Like, perfectly timed. Oh yeah, that's who yeah. she is. Or you're just a kennel master's daughter, something like that. That's you're just Ramsey. a secondary character that we have to kill off so people are satisfied with the uh, finale. Another so. thing uh, that Kim brought up, she said uh, t- uh, regarding Ramsey, she said, is he a vampire? 
See, that's very good because his dad is. There's, uh, to let you know why that's funny, there's a fan theory that Reese Bolton is a vampire. Really? Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Hmm. People think that. So you weren't, you... Context clues. So he has some vampire blood in him. Mm Mm-hmm. He got some giant's blood in him. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Listen, like, Kim. Kim knows all about. Kim knows a lot about fantasy creatures. If you listen to Fantastic Satisfaction, this new episode, you can learn all about that. The, the, oh yeah, it's out now. She knows. Kim, remember yeah. when you learned the magical properties of silver? Yeah. Yeah, you just intuited it. I did. It was, with an arrow. Hey, no spoilers. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, spoilers, this is gothic. This is gothic horror, right? Yeah, so yeah, speaking of gothic horror, um, we see Ramsey's tushy, and then we see it's, get some real tasteful Brian Cogman shit about how Ramsey's looking forward to his wedding night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get some prolonged shots of Ramsey humping Miranda. And like the whole time I was just like, boy, sure would be cool to have Ariane Martell on this show. But it's, just, it's fucking just humping. Um, Who? Who? Oh yeah, and there's also... There's also we also get a shot of like Miranda's face and like this whole scene kind of tells us that like Miranda is not into this and that's another resistance narrative that will never be explored in the show. No, but she is. She's bad because she, she doesn't like. Say that, and in the next scene she does a very evil thing. She but, doesn't like, like time, starch. This whole time, like Ramsey's like, you're not going to disappoint me, right? Because I make people be eaten by dogs. But um, anyways, never matter in the show. The uh, kennel master's daughter goes to talk to Salsa Starch, right? Yeah, uh, and I just wrote something like because she was like, "Ooh, you wear your hair just like your dead mother," and then Salsa just goes like, "Thank you." Yeah, like Sansa would never say thank you to that. She would say something smart and good. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, Sansa's sitting silently in a room waiting for the plot to occur, <laughs> and and then the North Remembers lady comes in and says, "Hey." I have a secret plan for you to light a candle in the tower to alert the North to help you. And then Sansa goes, quick question, why don't I just, um, hey, why don't I just tell you that I need help? Would that be good? Or, like, does the plot require convoluted bullshit to make Ramsay look smarter? Or, like, maybe you could light the, the candle for me. The North like, remembers Sansa Stark! <laughs> and then she, she, like, waddles out of the room as she says that in that voice. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't say any of that because... Because it's a completely fucking ridiculous plot point. So anyways, Sansa goes and instead goes to look at the tower where Bran fell. Because maybe nostalgia will make this episode entertaining. I'm Brian Cogman. Gothic horror. And uh, invented invented character Miranda is here to ruin that. Um, And she's like, hey, what's that dress you you made? I'm still, uh, sorry to interrupt your good stuff, but I'm still thinking about Gothic horror and how much this plotline would be improved if the fucking Frankenstein was there. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fucking sick if, like, when Sansa found found Theon at the kennels, she was like, why aren't you in your normal bed? And he was like, Ramsay made a better reek. (laughs) Like no, in at the end of actual real Frankenstein, the book, the monster doesn't he just go away in a boat like Gendry did? Have you ever read Frankenstein, the book, the monster? Yeah, I think he just like sails away. He's like, no one's gonna see me ever again. Goodbye. I'm that book are really like weird because it's just like a shipwrecked old man, and then like they they like the ship runs into some ice, and on the ice there's this notebook that like the Frankenstein man wrote, and it's all about how like the townspeople hated him, but Frankenstein just wanted to write poetry, so like he went into a boat and exploded or something. Frankenstein was like a weird sexual predator. He was like watching people. Frankenstein the monster, not the man, 
was watching. Well, people I would there. argue that Frankenstein is actually. What if we're the walk? What if we're the Walking Dead? Nature and. Anyway, he goes off on a he fucks off on a boat forever, just like Gendry did. That's my joke. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, I took English Comp One in college, uh, <laughs> so I, is, think I, yeah. I think I know Frankenstein. I think I think I know um, Martin Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> George R. R. Shelley. George R. R. Shelley's Frankenstein: The Man or the Monster? You decide. Anyway, Miranda. <laughs> yeah. So so then so before she says any like bad shit. It's just like this kind young woman asking about knitting, and then Sansa's very cold to her, a fellow young woman, because she's wearing black, and that's what that means. She's going to be very cold to everybody when she wears black. Mm -hmm. And then, so Miranda says, oh, whoops, I forgot your mom died. Hey, I have something that will help you remember your mother. And then they just go to the kennels. And Theon's there. I mean, Rika's there. So, master manipulator Sansa Stark just walks into these fucking kennels with rabid dogs in them who are just always barking um with this woman she distrusts that because the plot says so and then she leaves and then she just continues and hey it's theon and, and then the, theon says, the, 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 says here, you should be, be in the veil and then we all go whoa how meta whoa and so then we go back to ramsey's house and theon is helping him get dressed and then, and then they Ramsey... have the fucking Breaking Bad dinner scene. Yeah, and uh, so Ramsey first we have we have to talk about this is this is also, this is an underrated Cogman classic. This Ramsey and Theon scene, just mm-hmm. real quick. So Ramsey uses his supervillain intuition skills to immediately know that Theon has a secret. Yeah, he just knows. And then he goes, "She, she saw me." And then, so Ramsey makes him get down on his knees, and it's funny because it looks like he's going to do a sex thing with his mouth, and scary music plays. And uh-huh. it's very, great work from Cogman here. Really great, tasteful stuff from Emmy Award winner Brian Cogman in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just holds Theon's hand and forgives him because, do I look like a man with a plan? I'm Heath Ledger. Welcome to Batman Dark Knight. Uh, watch the money burn, baby. That's what the, that's what Heath Ledger's Joker says. <laughs> When Gotham is ashes, you have my permission to die. Um, <laughs> hey, see, hey, man, see, nah. it's me, Fonzie from Cheers. Hey, um, in reading the the Reek chapters, like, at, I I really like. Obviously, I knew it because I read it before. But like the first one, you're like, who the fuck is Reek? Oh <laughs> shit, it's Theon Greyjoy, rat eating boy. And then and then the more it goes on, it's not like he like super mind like destroyed him like in the show it's kind of like he's like i kind of have to do this or i'll be hurt a lot and i don't like that yeah like deep deep down he's like i'm theon but i have to say i'm reek and i know the consequences yeah because he is super fucked up and like does like because ramsey has fucked with his head quite a bit but like but like if there was that scene from the show where he's like come reek and shave my neck in front of my father he probably just would have just killed him yeah, because the thing is, Reek super wants to die. Yeah. He uh, just wants to, like, briefly be publicly Theon Greyjoy for a second, and then he fuck. wants to die. It's so good when, just, like, remembering going through the chapters, it's like, Reek. Reek 2. Reek 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Prince okay. of Winterfell. The Ghost of Winterfell, of Winterfell. Theon. And it's like, oh, fuck, so good! But, um, yeah. not... Maybe my favorite arc other than the... It might be up there with the Brianna Feast for Crows. I don't know. 
and like not even the even just like the chapter titles like that is just so good to me yeah i'm like such a fan first, of that shit feast dance you're like why are these titles weird and bad and then you get to theon one and you're like i get it now yeah <laughs> the merchants man who's that the dragon tamer adventure stank that doesn't sound like foreshadowing um, the hero's so yeah, journey. Breaking Bad dinner scene um, with the Boltons and Sansa. Ramsey gives a toast, and it's he doesn't seem evil, so it's it's going to be a fun twist when also, a surprise he's evil. Also, um, Fat Welda is very nice, so you know she's going to die. Yeah, and she's also um, a, some great work from Brian Cogman here with the dialogue. I have to say, great work from Brian Cogman in this scene because she goes, "Hey, Sansa Stark, it must be weird for you to be in this strange place you've never been before." And mm-hmm. then Sansa, goes, actually, it's my home. Actually, I'm Sansa Stark like, from here. The, this show, for so much of the dialogue to happen, it requires someone to just be an idiot. It's every. It's just like, who's going to be the idiot in this scene that can set up the cool line of dialogue? The orb of confusion has been passed. Who has it? Yeah. It's Fat Walda. It's, it's usually... It's usually... Miss Andy. Mm-hmm. And it is it is later in this episode as well. Remember when um, Miss Sandy's brother um, was an Unsullied and he died, but they cut that out of the show and instead had her kiss Grey Worm on the mouth? Man. Remember when Penny's brother died because Cersei Who? was... <laughs> John Connington? What the fuck? It's snow, you idiot. Um, so Theon brings in some wine, and then Ramsay says the North remembers, which is He's, a funny Ramsay joke. and that old woman are literally the only people who say the North remembers in this show. The famous Northern saying that's just a saying. It's a saying. Um, so this is this is cool. Um, <laughs> I was I uh, got to the Davos chapter where he's like talking to Wyman Manjali. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this the North Remembers chapter? But instead, it's the one where Wyman pretends to be on the Frey side and he throws Davos in jail. And I'm like, that's still a good mm-hmm. ending. <laughs> it was such a good ending. <laughs> anyway. I lo- the best part of A Feast for Crows is when they just kind of like offhand, offhand mention that Davos died. Yeah. And <laughs> I, re- I remember, because um, I at work, this is how I torture myself on the Song of Ice and Fire uh, Reddit. No. And some, I remember I read a post that was like, as soon as I read that, I knew it couldn't be true. There's that no way George shit. would, there's no way George would kill the fan favorite Onion Bandit <laughs> off camera in a feast for crows with no reason. Fucking, I've never heard anybody that was like, I think Davos died. Yeah, <laughs> and it was true. Even I, who was like begging and pleading the old gods and the new for it, like I was like, okay, like they're. We're going to at least get a lot more insight on this. Even in, like, the... Wyman Manderley is basically in two chapters, and even in the one, the first one, where you meet him and he's pretending to be an asshole, like, he's such a good character. He's very good. And in this show, he's no one, and not no one like Arya. Like yelled out for the good meme, little girl. He's a nobody, and a child yells at him. <laughs> he doesn't even have... He, like, they could... What did they cut more, Wyman Manderley's chins or Blood Raven's eyes? They actually added eyes to Blood Raven. So. How could I forget? Yeah. A thousand eyes and two. Uh-huh. Never forget. Um, so this is a really cool scene um, because Sansa is like obviously very uncool with the torture that has been done to Theon here. But then like in the next episode, she's like, I wish I could have tortured you myself, Theon. And, and he's, ha- yeah, Ramsey's having, he's like, Theon, can you walk very slowly and refill all of our, oh, Reek. That's what he says. Okay. Can you refill all of our wine slowly and tell Sansa? 20 minutes. Can you just walk super slow? Tell the Lady Sansa how you're sorry that you killed her brothers? 
And then, uh, and then, like, halfway through this, Ruth Bolton, Ruth Bolton just goes, we're pregnant! <laughs> yeah. I, I, but I do like, he's like, the way she's carrying, it looks like a boy. And in the next scene, Ramsey's like, how the fuck do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Ramsey, like, in this, like, at this part of this episode, he just keeps, like, almost breaking character. And it's just because, like, he's a badass master manipulator and everything, but, like, he keeps making poopy face and being like, huh, LOL, that was getting tense, right? Wow, cut. Wow, I'm every character. Yeah. So then, yeah, San- Theon's gonna give Sansa away at the wedding, and then Ramsay takes a very angry sip when he learns that Vatwalda's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then they just cut to fourth meal. Yeah. Just the same room, but darker, and Roose Bolton is still there. Roose Bolton's still there. He's drinking his evil wine. And he's like, do you remember the story of how I raped your mother? And he's like, no, you've never told me. So he um, tells him and then says, fight for me. And Ramsey says, okay. Yeah, th- uh, also, this is the third I almost killed you, but also you're my child monologue We've in the show. been here for like 40 goddamn minutes of this episode. Like, I went had an I almost killed you, but also you're my child monologue. Stannis just did his. Like... Huh. There was probably... Tywin must have said that to Tyrion at least a couple times. Yeah. I was gonna walk you into the ocean, but you're my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, this scene was just... Where, the... Wherever whores go? Yeah, where... <laughs> Ramsey's like, hey, did you notice that Fat Walda is fat and also you have sex with her? <laughs> and then Roose goes, you've never asked me about my mother. And then the, there's the good scene. And then Stannis is gonna come to take the Iron Throne and Roose knows that because he's the villain. And Ramsey's Aren't they help talking about him. like how strong Stannis's army is? Yeah, Stannis is the greatest military commander in history, and he loves his daughter very much. <laughs> and as he says that, like a fire is burning on uh, one of Ramsey's shoulders, and on the other shoulder is a smiling Sansa Stark. Great work from Bi- <laughs> from Brian Cogman here, making Roose Bolton a better father than Stannis in this season. Great gripping. Griffin television. He actually does. Because he, like, legitimizes his bastard son and, like, gives him things to do. It would have been so cool and, like, empowering and good if Shireen killed Stannis instead. (laughs) And And then then no one cares. Do I look like a girl with a plan? And then she just, like, takes... And then she and Lyanna Mormont... Actually, that would be fucking tight. She she stabs Stannis and she says, uh, the North remembers. She says, I'm so sorry. I'm a sorrowful man now. Yeah. And then I say, this is very good. This is the only way Stannis' death is good to me. And then, oh. and, but, and it was, I thought it was weird when, um, Shireen, uh, Baratheon kills Stannis Baratheon, but the Reigns of Castamere was playing. That was, a, it was weird, but it did seem less evil than just the everyday Baratheon theme. Yeah, I guess it, they were doing, like, a callback to the other shocking moment. Yeah. So, speaking of shocking moments, Gilly's in the library, and... Uh, my first note here is Sam is an asshole idiot. Sam's I don't remember asshole. why, but... No, because... Because she's in the library, um, and she's like, how many books are there? Are these all of them? Because I've, again... Um, die! Die! Idiot! <laughs> Orb of confusion! <laughs> that was Sam, for sure. Yeah. Tired. And, like, he's like he's just, like, he makes the most exasperated face, like, like it's me when somebody tries to talk to me with headphones. Like, he just, like, yeah. puts his, like... <laughs> Like, this isn't us editorializing at all. Sam is complete asshole to Gilly on the rig. Just. So then, like, like Gilly's like, I'm sorry I don't know things. 
Remember also, when my like I father need... fucked me my whole life and my I had to give children away to like demons of the night? Sorry, I couldn't read a book about dragons, you I've piece of shit. I've never had one literal moment of happiness since I was born, and I don't know much about the fucking reach. My yeah. God. like, so the, and then she she angrily says, "Why does the Citadel have so many books?" So that Sam can explain the Citadel, mm-hmm. and then um then Stannis shows up. Stan is just lurking behind a bookshelf this entire scene. Mm-hmm. What is... I, I, I can't talk to women either, Sam. I get it. Uh, I, I noted that uh, Stannis is, like, the only person in the show who doesn't say rapers. He says rapists. Oh. But I don't know if that's a Stannis characterization or just them fucking up like they're going to do again later. Oh, that's for the latter. But, yeah, it would be, would be cool if they gave that kind of care. Um, so... He compliments, he, first of all, he recognizes Samuel Tarly immediately, and he compliments Randall's work, and he said, you, I heard that you killed a White Walker from you, because you shout out with a megaphone every fucking day. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, they don't even have the horn to, like, note while Ranger's returning, because Sam is just screaming about how he killed a yeah. White Walker into it 24-7. Using fucking, the fucking horn of Joraman. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's killed a Then and a Walker. That guy from uh, Euron Greyjoy's boat who blew that horn, they opened up his chest and inside was a note of paper that said uh, Sam Tarly killed a White Walker. Sam was here. Euron's yeah. a loser. Yeah. <laughs> we get some foreshadowing about the children of the forest hunting with Dragonglass, which I guess doesn't will never matter. Um, Sam, I like how Sam says that. He's like, uh, some people call it Dragonglass. And Sam says, like, I'm from fucking Dragonstone. Why do you think it's called that, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> It's literally, we eat that. Yes. And, man, this would be a really cool scene if it, like, mattered. It doesn't. Uh, Nothing happens. Because it's, like, a little, like, it's, it's for for show standards, it's pretty in line with book Stannis. And, like, he's trying to be supportive, but it's, like, stilted and blunt. Mm-hmm. And, like, he has a lot of similar similarities to, like, Randall. So it's cool that, like, Sam's getting a support from a guy that's a lot like Randall. But too bad that Stannis is the devil. Um, and Sam's an asshole. And this was just there for lay shock value video reaction. Um, and, yeah, this scene doesn't matter at all. Uh, I, I, the next scene, uh, Shireen is sitting on a, a horse, and she's like, I've read The World of Ice and Fire. And then Davos says, goodbye. <laughs> Enough of that. This scene, this scene cuts to... The, the, the cut is to the amiibo that Davos is carving. Yeah. <laughs> and then Stannis walks in and says, It's time! It's episode five. We march at sunrise. I'm the best commander in history, and we have the advantage, and this will pay off because of my military strategy. And st- everyone gets into, to, for, to, into like their army formation, and then the music. This was a weird, um, like, I never heard this track before, but it was like, dun, 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 and I'm like, that's different from the instrumentation on the rest of the show, but okay. Yeah. And it was kind of weird that, that Stannis was wearing Cersei's outfit from the season six finale. And also, it... also Sansa's like tier six warlock shoulders from when uh, she learned how to play the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, and uh, hey, I'm Stannis, and also Selyse and Shireen are coming with us to tie up the loose ends. You know, we... to war. Yeah. <laughs> Davos, you think I'm gonna leave her here with? In her house. So what I'm gonna do is I'm I'm go Davos. I'm going to war. Uh, you stay here, and my wife and child are coming with me. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Davos, I really need you to ride the Castle Black. You could like send your wife and child with me. 
Um, who, uh, you're breaking up. Ah, uh, the blizzard's too big. Uh, I can't see you anymore. Um, who, who survived 17 years eating rats and shoes and no onions? Thank you. Goodbye. And stone. And stone and dragonstone. We ate the mountain. <laughs> we live on. So, uh, yes, yeah, Shireen is just like, the crypts of Winterfell, I read, in the world of ice and fire. And then Selyse is mean and rude for shock value later. Mm-hmm. Um, evil music plays. Melisandre gives fuck eyes to John. And then looks very disinterested, like, with Stannis as they leave, which is cool, and also retcons all of her grief in season six. Yeah. Because um, I, the, I the, forgot... They're, like, the extreme preemptive retcon. Yeah. <laughs> the, all season... Oh, I knew... I, Stannis was the the one, but... In, I've season, never... I, like, I've, I've never known a show to foreshadow its retcon. Yeah. <laughs> Great work from Brian Cogman here, I uh, have to admit. We give him a hard time sometimes, but great work. Great work. Talking. Great work on this. Oh, wait till we get to this next episode. Yeah. Our finale. Ooh, so, yeah. Some, ooh, some, some groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> um, and then we, we get a shot of all of the Baratheon men, which is hilarious because there are thousands of them. Yeah. 20 good men. So speaking of good men, Grey Worm wakes up and Miss Andy's there. Um, he's been sleeping for three days, and Baristan died, and then Miss Andy is handed the Orb of Confusion and goes, Are you ashamed? And, and Grey Worm says, No, I was a fear that I no kiss lip of Miss Andy you. That's literally like, I'm glad that you have the actual transcript up. Uh, yeah, I have the script. And it says, it says, um, like, this, the direction on it, it says, read this stupidly. <laughs> yeah. It says, it says, read this like you don't know how. <laughs> and then but not in a funny way like when davos reads or when Tyrion uh speaks valyrian and he doesn't know it man that was funny it's so funny yeah it, definitely like once you've heard him talk once you've heard this guy talk about mario kart on game grumps it's like <laughs> it's like it sounds so much more phony uh-huh so me no kiss lip Missandei from yeah he says he no from, kiss top lip of Missandei not the Lord's kiss yeah um, and he says I I wasn't ashamed I would die in battle like I was I this scene sucks great like, work this, from Cogman but this scene was not like great. the thing the thing that really I I could be like totally wrong about this and I'm an idiot but the thing about the show Unsullied like especially Grey Worm like wanting to kiss and make out. Is I thought the like magic wizard potion they drank actually made them have no emotions, or was or is it just no pain or whatever? Because I thought emotions were actually like magicked out of them. I hmm. I I, I assumed that I, I've never really thought deeply about this. I guess or that could just be me taking it literally and being an idiot. Like when they say there are sandy Dornishmen or whatever. I thought it, I thought it just like fucked up the nervous system so they couldn't feel pain. And I guess like since they're soldiers, people would assume that they also didn't have emotions. But okay, I think like, the stalwart shield thing was like trying to show that. Yeah, actually, which is like oh cool. This scene was completely unnecessary then because like and Miss Sandy shouldn't fucking be shocked because she just heard that stalwart shield wants to fucking cuddle like. So or white rat, excuse me. Great work from Cogman. Um, so she she cries at her own sad, and then she gets into his hospital bed and kisses him. Mm-hmm. And he and says, then, "Nice. You would be really funny. What if uh, Grey Worm got a boner? Man, because he ain't got no dicky. It's a really. It would. And Tyrion's there, and he says, "You know how to tell jokes? Grey Worm ain't got no dicky." And then Tyrion does a somersault. 
He does. Remember when that one time I was like, wow, George R. R. Martin says he regrets writing about Tyrion and Somersault. He does like six of them in A Dance with Dragons. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because Penny teaches him how to be a fucking acrobat and pig rider. Even before that, in the scene where he like uh, has sex with that prostitute who doesn't speak English twice and throws up on the floor and like she has to pay for it, he fucking somersaults out the room. Jesus. Because he falls and he like turns it into a somersault and he's like, look at me, I'm very funny, I'm Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> he's the worst character. Like, also, he does one on the boat when uh, he's like, it's it's me, H- Hugh Hill. Oh yeah, Hugh Hill. And he says, I'm a, I'm on the Mummer show, I do a somersault. Remember when he has a fake name that's YOLO and it's a funny, it's a funny pop culture reference from, from Drake, from Degrassi? From Drake from Degrassi, he said, that's the motto, Tyrion Lannister. So, Sandy and Danny are... T- oh, wouldn't it be funny if, like, when Grey Worm, like, he was wearing his Unsullied hat, and then, like, the spear on the top of it got bigger when Sandy got into bed? Oh, no, she takes the, the hat off because t- she needs to kiss him better, but she puts it where his dick would be. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has sex with the spear? What are you... What? <laughs> no, the scene ends, and it's a funny joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, Gross, Brooks. Because they do no joke. We do know that from season six. Yeah, they do no joke. I tell joke. <laughs> so Missandei and Danny are talking in the next scene, and then Danny, she's just like, I can't decide between mercy and killing everybody. And Missandei just says, do it. Like, she's like, do whatever the fuck you want. That usually works out. Goes, There's a special choice sometimes, just for Danny's, that only you can see. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Only you can see why kids love cinnamon toast. What are you saying? So she says that and then goes to, like, the murder cells where for some reason his Dar Zalorak is still. And now he's like, please don't murder me. (laughs) Science! Even though earlier in the episode he's like, I have no fear of death. All men must die. He's like, please don't don't kill me, your majesty. And then he's, like, on his knees begging her. And she's like, we need to make a pact. And I need to marry someone. And then she says, good thing a suitor is already on his knees. Which isn't a fucking thing in this world. Yeah, which is good good stuff. Cogman, you're you're killing me. Getting on your knees to propose is only a thing because we know it. Yep. It's not Westeros or Game of Thrones Ice and Fire. That never happens, not once. So... Okay, Danny is, like, canonically, like, the dialogue shows her to be a complete asshole in more ways than one in this scene. But, so he's groveling for his life, and she goes, it takes courage to admit your fear and to admit a mistake. I am doing that now. So she she literally, she goes, psych, I'm actually talking about me. I'm here to make a mistake, and it took courage to do that. Yeah, and then she says, I'm forcing you to marry me. Yeah. I'm Ramsey Bolton, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I'll open the fighting pits and forge a bond and I'll force you into marriage with me. Bye! And, like, I literally guarantee fucking tea that nobody who only watches the show remembers that Danny got married again at all. No, they did. Uh, when she did that, they were like, feminism, yes, queen, and then no one remembered it. <laughs> I hate this show a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna walk up to random people and be like, "Do you watch the TV show Game of Thrones?" And if they say yes, I'm gonna be like, "I dare you to tell me who Hizar Zolorak is." <laughs> I dare you to tell me who Baristan Selmy is. Uh, he can he can carve to you like cutting cake. 
man. Jesus. Also, another thing, another thing that the book did that I thought was great was, um, like in the show, he just kind of appears, and and I guess he does in the books too. But the, later on in the Dance of Dragons, they're like, yeah, about uh, you like doing that shit to the king and then escaping. How did you do that? And he's like, oh, well, here's everything. Like I did this. I ran here. I killed seven guys. I took a spear. The story of how he got, of how he grew a beard is he, like, ran away from the city on a horse, and then he came back... A million years? He came back in, like, a little bit later when he had a beard, and he's just stayed there for a while, living in, like, the slums, and he's like, I watched Ned Stark die! God, I forgot about that. That's so fucking cool. I love Baristan. And then when he finally got a big beard, he was like, it's time to go. I'm Baristan. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's the episode. It's bad. Oh, I was I, w- I was totally kidding. We have to talk about the Tyrion and and Jorah shit. Oh no! Fuck! Oh god! <laughs> I didn't even write it. Wait, that I wrote down a lot. We'll be fine. Why is that not? Is that not in this one? Oh, it's what, super... you... what happens from this scene? Tyrion immediately recognizes Valyria. Um, I didn't and... write any of this down. I must have f- fucking gaslit myself. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, okay, I know what I did. Uh, this happened, and then I said, I'm not watching this shit, and I turned the episode off. <laughs> so did that's... You, you really didn't watch it? I would lo- I would love to give you a recap if you I did. really... I said, oh, it's this shit, and then I actually turned it off from on demand, and I said, that's enough for me. <laughs> this Okay, great. So Tyrion brings up the demons and flames of Valyria, but and they both they content. like. They both know, like, a Valyrian poem, right? Yeah, he literally starts a poem, and then Jorah finishes it for him, and he goes, I would clap, but my hands are tied, and I don't have any wine. Like, there's no way the, the knight Jorah the Andal would know that poem. Yeah. Like, he just wouldn't, because he fights and he's hairy. Like, those are I his character traits. I'm Jorah, I fight and I fuck. So, yeah, yeah, he starts monologuing about the Doom, and it sounds like a school play, and then Drogon flies in holding a stereo that plays full house music. And Tyrion, he's like, I don't need these mushrooms in my shoe anymore. I want to live life. <laughs> so then a stone man jump into the water. From nowhere. And, and all of the stone man, like, the stone man, um, they, all, they are all making evil wave face. Like, they all jump down and they go like, nah. Like, like what? Okay. Listen. It it turns you evil and makes you into the wave. Like sure. So Tyrion tumbles into the water and Jor's like, Don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you, Tyrion. Hey Tyrion, it's important that they don't touch you. And then a stone man drags him into ocean hell. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to paint a picture for those of you who don't watch the show. Tyrion tumbles off of the boat and he, his hands are still tied, so him can't swim. And then so as he's, like, struggling, we see from the bottom of the ocean a hand rise up and a stone man, who I guess can just has gills now, um, drags him down into ocean hell, and there's a black screen for literally, literally ten seconds. And then he wakes. In, in the books, how this is done is I think he, like, there's one attacking on the boat, and he, like, um... But earlier in the fight, like, his the stone man's leg gets super fucked up and, like, a bone is sticking out of it. So Tyrion's like, I'm going to knock him off because he has a bad leg. But with, like, his force, he also goes into the water with him and, like, falls down. 
And yep. then you, and then the chapter makes it. You think he died, but he doesn't die. He like five chapters later, think he's like, oh wait. Yeah. It, but this, it took ten seconds. Did you know that there's there's like time travel in that chapter? What? Have you have you done the the whispers chapter yet, or whatever that place is called? Yeah. Because like like, it's very good. Um, and this is not the work of the week. I've actually read about it. Is this like a goof, or is this like a theory, or is it? No, like, like it's. It's been confirmed on the A Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, but, like, it's, like, I don't remember exactly how it is, but just, like, the way that the river goes, like, it's... Oh, yeah, they're, like, we're going backwards now. Yeah, it was, like, something, there, there's something, and they do say that, like, the, the smoke is weird, like, there's some magic shit happening, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Fuck, I love these books. Um, hey, wouldn't it be funny if they were, like, stoned men? Wouldn't it, remember when in the fucking show they actually just sailed a dinghy through ancient Valyria? Yeah. Hey, hey, and then they're stoned men, and you don't let them touch you because they have Cheeto dust on their fingers. And I can't. What about um, their stoned hearts? That would be pretty good. It's a callback to a joke. I saw that uh, Angela Lansbury is going to be on Game of Thrones season seven, so maybe she'll be Lady Stoneheart. Dino Lansbury? Yeah, Dino Lansbury is going to be Tyrion's small dinosaur friend that they they adapted from the Winds of Winter. Um. So, yeah, Tyrion dies for ten seconds, and then he wakes up in Jorah the And the thing. So he just, like, I guess d- doesn't need CPR or anything. He just wakes up. Jor- Jorah just drags him from out of the ocean and touches him with his grayscale hands and shakes him. So, and then, like, it's like he just fell asleep. Like, it's not even, like, a dramatic, like, <laughs> like I have water in my lungs. Like... He, like we see, we see a camera shot from his perspective, and like you see his like slow blinky eyes waking up. He just fell, he just fell the fuck asleep. Mm-hmm. He was like, this episode's fucking boring, and fell asleep underwater. So Tyrion wakes up, and they're on the shore far away from Valyria already. And it's great work from Cogman not showing how Jorah did this shit. Great work from Brian Cogman. Right, great work because they were fighting four stone men without any weapons, and one of them just dragged Tyrion underwater 20 feet when jorah had his back turned so you know literally the in like in the chapter after this in the book Tyrion wakes up and he's like how the fuck did this happen and then the the like half maester whatever he's like let me explain it to you and then and he tells him everything that happens and then young griff's like you want to play civis and it's very it's a very good it's a very good because griff he's too aggressive with his dragon yeah and then and then the white dragon falls at Tyrion's feet and then that's how you know that he's gonna ride Viserion? And then, and then, Griff fl- flips the, the the board over, and Tyrion's like, he may be a Targaryen yet. Yeah, he's not though. He's not. He's a Blackfire. Read. He's, the he's a Blackfire fucking pretender. Get out of here with that shit. Yeah. Fuck. I love John the Fiddler. Um. So okay, so so he's just been dragged to hell, and then Jorah's like, hey, now we're gonna walk to Marine. Anyways. I'm gonna go get firewood, and he walks two paces to the left and stops and looks at his arm to make sure he still has grayscale. Yeah, so the camera can see it. It's literally... There's no reason he would do this! Remember when the Stoneman of Valeria, previously on? Oh man, it's a good thing they reminded me, because that's what Jorah has. Yeah, he's he's the stoned man. He's the stoned man. He got, he's gonna get a big old stoner. Oh man, what if he, what if he used that hand to... To jerk to crank it? his crank, crank his hog. To crank his hoggy. Work of the week. Oh yeah, that's a segment. 
Warg of the Warg, Warg of the Week, brought to you by Geico. We have a sponsor now. It's Geico. I'm, yeah, I'm, I was really excited about that. I can't save fifteen percent or more in just fifteen minutes when you warg into the lizard guy. Warg of the Week. What? The lizard guy was pretty war, hot. War, warg of the Week. Warg of the Week. There you go. I was actually saying it very loud to like summon you back into the room so yeah. you'd hear. Oh, you heard me? No, I was just doing that. Oh, here I am. Thank Kim you. Kim just in the shower shouting "Work of the week" random. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. So what? Um, what do you? What do you got? Yeah, yeah something. <laughs> okay, so um, Baristan was killed by the harpy last episode. We got to talk about that. Baristan was killed by the harpy. Mm-hmm. So he likely, like you know, he he wouldn't want to work into the harpy upon his death. So he probably tried to warg Grey Worm first. Because it because it's previously been established that Barristan Selmy is a warg. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he's a master of disguise. He was fucking there when Ned died. Like, he probably worked into the statue. True, uh, okay. He's a handsome dude. Like, he would draw attention. Yeah. Oh, he would probably look really ugly if he grew a beard. He looks fucking hot with a beard. He's very cool. He's a major gilf. Um, so, okay, so he tried to warg Grey Worm, but he was still alive. So, unfortunately, Barristan had no choice. He had to warg into his killer, the Harpy. Cut to this episode, hmm. when we go to Dragon Jail, and we see a master who we've never seen before visibly freaking the fuck out as Danny's talking shit. So, clearly, this is the dude that she's going to kill. He's bringing it upon himself by, like, performing this, like, Oh, no, please don't kill me when you're really mad. I am old. So, we see the master stumble forward as if he's very old or not used to his body or as if he were recently stabbed to death <laughs> okay and then he gets marked real bad yeah super so good. so we know of course that this master is actually baristan in disguise yeah so and if we think about like the book the book significance of this and the thematic uh, motif significance of it he came to danny in disguise as our stan whitebeard and he's leaving her into disguise bravo george beautiful book and beautiful book ending mm-hmm. um so why would he do this Baristan is invested in restoring the Targaryens. We know this ever since he was banished from King's Landing. But he knows what the Mad King did, and he can't support another tyrant. So, when he saw that Danny was going to burn one of the masters, he allowed Danny to burn him and him alone, knowing that it would sate her bloodlust and prevent her from doing something morally indefensible like killing an innocent man. She's killing a man who is already dead, so she's still a good guy. Since she, you can do he is it. such a good advisor. You can do whatever you want to a ghost. Right? Like, so... Then yeah. ghost rules. It's ghost rules. And check this out. Baristan died a second time... A third time? Third time by dragon. In fact, in this episode, his body was split in half by Viserion and Rhaegal. In doing so, Baristan split his spirit into the two dragons, so now a traitor like Jorah Mormont cannot warg one of Danny's dragons and advise her in secret the way that Baristan's doing. So even in... Triple death, Baristan is keeping a silent vigil over his queen. A true queen's guard, Baristan Scaly, is the name of the theory. He's the he's good. He's very good, Baristan. Uh, can I just tell you that anytime the word warg literally shows up in fucking canonical, <laughs> like a Song of Ice and Fire book, I'm like warg of the week. Yeah, it's really. It feels like it's been a while since I did an actual warg, <laughs> because it's like uh. Yeah, Veramir Sixskins, happy 420, by the way. Happy 420. Veramir Sixskins, Warg, and I'm like, oh, he, no, the Warg, Veramir Sixskins, and I'm like, Warg of the Week. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. Does anyone else think the uh, Renly's Peach symbolizes regret and status? <laughs> Does anybody else think Davos is the good character that will get the good ending? Uh, Questions? 
if you have a question, oh, yeah, shit. you can send it uh, and ask on our Tumblr, postgamethrones.tumblr.com, or email us at postgot at gmail.com. Uh, first question this week comes in from Tumblr user Billbox Fieri, who asked, My computer decided to actively fall apart today, and I blame the Arbor Gold goof. The thing about it is it's very bad. I mean... Do you think it's Bilbo X Fieri, like it's Bilbo and Guy Fieri again? No, it's, Bil- it's Billbox Fieri. That's his cousin. That's uh, uh, Guy Fieri's cousin, Billbox. Okay. I figured it would be like a, a fucking thing. So I, I completely missed the question because I was thinking about that. Uh, when we talked about George pissing on us, it broke their laptop. Oh, yeah. Cool. So that's, so, that's, two, that's two casualties. Uh, next question comes in from Tumblr user Free Masonic Yowl, who asked, uh, Since Eddie is a Pokemon min-maxer, what is your onion on the new bottle cap items which increase IVs? Right. words? Yes. Many internet nerds are mad about them, which is funny. Thank you and good podcast. Thanks. So, uh, so I, I think I told you this before. The IVs are, like, the base, like, inherent stats of Pokemon. Yeah. It, it used to be you just, like, fucking got them. And you had to do this ridiculous breeding shit to make them possible. But in the next game, there's going to be items that let you change them so cool. they can be good. And I'm, I know, like, actually very little about this, but I'm guessing... Uh, for anyone who's played the recent Pokemon games, I'm guessing or hoping that they'll be the same rarity as, like, heart scales. Okay. That, like, let you change the moves and stuff. But, I don't know, it'd be much easier. Like, I already have a super secret hack 6IV ditto, because I'm, like, a piece of shit, so I don't care. <laughs> either way. But, I mean, it's good for anyone who doesn't. Like, it's anything that makes it easier to get a good Pokemon is good, because it's so fucking arcane and terrible like, I don't even know why it still exists. And there's going to be a Lola form. And there's going to be Lola forms. we got to get uh, on Enemy of the Show, Matt Tremampoline's podcast, so I can just say, like, what's the deal with IVs? Yeah. Hey, hey Matt and Ori, uh, thanks for letting us come onto your podcast. What the fuck is up with a Lola Rattata, though? It's, it, like, I think a Lola Rattata is the first one that everyone's like, no, it's bad. Yeah. A Lola Rattata is definitely my favorite song from The Lion King. <laughs> it's a very good one. Thanks. Um, Anonymous asked, The part in the last episode where you mentioned Happy Feet reminded me of the time when I was 11 and I looked up said film on Wikipedia and the text of the article had been replaced by the word libido repeated several thousand times, peppered with the occasional ASCII art of people fucking. The images of penguins (laughs) remained, lending the encounter an even greater air of surrealism. This is probably Bren's fault. Fuck, that's a good bit. Did you guys know that you can edit Wikipedia? Anyone can do it. You can you just can, do it. You can go right now. Someone said uh, that, like, I was funny on it. Or I, I was added to the list of notable Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I like my my goal in life is to, like, be legitimately on the li- list of notable alumni from my college. Like, so I might... I think, like, once I defend my thesis, I'll probably just, like, put myself on there and see how long it takes to, like, mm. just be like, D- did a good thesis, a good boy, good job. One time, the, uh, the Mountain Goats guy said you did a good tweet. Fuck! That was really cool! Yeah, I don't know if you guys, uh, I don't know if you guys follow, like, folk music or anything, but one of the biggest folk bands of the last 20 years, the Mountain Goats leader, John Darniel, said that my tweet was the greatest tweet on time on Twitter.com. It was very good. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, next question comes in from yeah, Tumblr there's, user. There's no, no Bruce Springsteen. I'm Eddie, baseball. <laughs> hey, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, 
some of the users taking turns at random, who I remember is supposed to be on an episode for the winning our contest, and it's oh, the yeah. next one. I'll, I'll reach out to figure out if that's happening. Sorry about your damn luck. Asked, uh, if each of the characters had fursonas, what would they be? Hard mode, you cannot use the house sigil animals. Oh, of course not. A Tyrion's a dragon. Well, yeah, if you read the Tyrion Targaryen theory on the A Song of Ice and Fire subreddit. He's a dragon with a big dick penis. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Is it... Is it Yifing? Is that Yifing? Yif... Yif... Uh, what's... What's Vor? Is that, is that, like, Yifing? I think that's mouth stuff. Okay. So, what's, like... What's... 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 The... The... Diaper babies? It's a show on Nick Jr. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Bubble Guppies, that's the good shit. Bubble, bubble, man, Bubble Guppies. Bubble Guppies. What's, uh, what's a Doc McStuffin? <laughs> uh, man, I'm trying to think of, like, I'm only coming up with, like, the old, like, Urban Dictionary things that people used to... Like, people in my youth group would be like, <laughs> Alabama Hot Pocket. And, like, I don't, it's just like you poop in a condom or something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of any good ones. Let me just look look around at things in my room. You're a... You get, ever give somebody the... The, uh... The, the old sour sketty? The old, <laughs> the old closet telescope? Ooh. What was this question about? I think it was about... Who's a furry? If Kim, who's a furry in Game of Thrones? Hodor. What's Hodor's persona? A dork. Um. Like, what animal would he be? Like a polar bear. That's good. I like. It's good because it's not the direwolf, but it's, it's still a cold tail? thing. It's, it's good. It's good. And he has a big old dick. There you go. Hodor is a polar bear. Man, that was. You guys could only come up with one, and it was from me. Yeah. It shows it's hard to do, to... Kim. Wow, way to be We're good like... hosts. <laughs> Listen, we've been talking about the show for like an hour and a half. Good thing I'm the producer. Exactly. I don't. I don't feel like we've said anything new in like 40 episodes. That's why people listen. Yeah. For me. For you. Yeah. For me, kinda. Only me. Yeah. For you. That's what they say in Batman. Uh, yeah, that's pleasure. T- Tumblr user lesbian nine tails asked the question. Do I look like a big man with a plan? Do I look? Do I look for you? <laughs> Chronologically. What do you consider the bad show's last good scene? Like, let's say it's at least 75% good. Oberyn's fight! Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the final moment before the show extremely crossed the event horizon into the thing that it is now. Let me, like, look up a list of episodes or something. Let me remember anything that happened in the current season that we're watching. Hmm. Yeah, because after that is the, uh, the, like, whole fight on the wall forever. And then mm, the last episode good. of that season is, like, Tyr- Tyrion killing his, his papa? Yeah. I mean, that was probably it. I mean, my my event horizon, my first time through the through the show, was the next episode. Because the first five episodes, I was like, it'll, it'll get good. And then, and then episode six happened, and I started posting about how bad it was on Tumblr, and Eddie was like, hey, we should start doing a podcast about this. Just, like, consider that, like, we joked about post-Game of Thrones before, but the next episode and last episode, canonically so far, was so bad that we literally had to start a podcast about how bad the show is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, I I think I I'm really scared about saying that I like things that happened more than three episodes ago because I feel like like I was gonna say I pretty much like the Battle of the Wall. Like I know there was the shit with like Janice Slint being like a woman and like all that shit, but like I'm afraid that the actual episode is just me dumping on it. Yeah, and then, I like, feel like before that, being like I liked it. Everything before that was kind of just like yeah, whatever. Like it's one thing, but it was at this point you realize it's the pattern and not just everything went off. And you're like, right. oh, it's actually bad. Blackwater was a really good episode. Thanks, George. Is... Thank Thanks, you, George. George. Um, that's mm. the episode. So, congratulations. We have one left, and then we can go die. <laughs> you you guys literally have the worst episode to do. Yeah. We we see the irony as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the... It's like the final boss of Undertale. It's a good game that but, I played. But the bad version. Yeah, but none of none of my friends come to my None age. of your friends help, and you just die forever. <laughs> I die one million times. But at the end of it, you get an Emmy, so... Yeah. Hey, did you see the whole thing about the Winds of Winter ISBN, uh, like, number? Yeah, thing? and I tried not to, because I'm like, no, I can't believe. Like... Yeah. It's I'm like, I don't, I don't want to believe, because it'll hurt too much. Yeah, I... I can't help but believe a little bit, but, like... I'm I'm so firmly in the camp of like listen I think the second that it's done George is going to put that shit on live journal like, yeah. like he's going to announce it like he said that he's going to yeah. but I don't know he he he's not doing any more cons for a while so unless you mean like the long con of saying the winds of winter will exist nice nice good goof that was fucking sick a uh, good episode good episode uh, next week is Unbound and Ben and Broken, the worst episode of all time, and then we're free from this hell. Yeah. I can't even, like, what are we, are we even gonna, like, we could talk about, like, fucking everybody's already over Stranger Things, though. We can't fucking talk about that. I don't know. We could do Robo-American Studies or something. We could do Robo-American Studies. We could do, um, you could watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That would be good. That would be funny and good. Uh, or you could just do, like, a song of Ice and Fire. Like, let's do an episode where I say, I like Ned Stark, and then we just do that. Yeah, I like Ned Stark. He's honorable, but then he's not. Yeah? For for an actual episode of something. Yeah. Let's all watch football and do football things. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, because I I feel like most of of the people who stumble upon our podcast are probably just, like, looking for, like, post-game, like, Eagles. Yeah, Brooks just said, like, people who listen probably really want sports stuff, so... Yeah. Good, I mean, it's more good. like more like water sports stuff. That's when you it's, get peed on for sex. Wasn't derived from like sports? No. Post games. What's that? <sighs> you know who's very good? Bartolo Colon and Colon. he pitched today. The Mets won. They're one game out of the wild card. Congrats. Um, and Cespedes. Yeah, we're st- yes, we're still recording. Oh no, shit. <laughs> Yuenda Cespedes' uh, walk-up song is The Circle of Life. He's very good. I like that. And there's a guy in the mess named Wilmer Flores, and his walk-up theme is the song from Friends. <laughs> and everyone claps when they do the claps. This is a like very them. goofy team, and I like them. Even though they're bad sometimes. That's okay. So are we. Yep, uh, true. Hey, listen to Fantastic Satisfaction if you haven't already. Oh, uh, yeah. Next episode will get its uh, own own feed, but it's still here for now. Never leaving. Yeah. We're, we're working on um, some good picture, some good, good pictures picture. for it. Good picture. Um, much like my uh, Dungeon Master styling, it's just a total ripoff of something, but I'm going to say it's, a, it's an homage instead. Yeah, that, that's what makes it good. Yeah. Kind of like how this season is an homage to Effies for Crows. Very good. 
Thank you for listening and goodbye forever. Until Thanks for next listening. Week. Teens. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Happy Labor Day, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's the means of production. <laughs> for each according to his own... What? How's it go? Yeah, the, the bourgeoisie have produced their own grave diggers. <laughs> Bye, Pro- everyone. Proletariat is no. Me is, is, is worker, yes. Me is worker, yes. That was the Grey Worm just found out. I'm the Marxist. Yeah, Grey. Marxist Grey Worm. Uh, I can't wait to revisit that bit next week. He says, uh, Khaleesi, you must not do this thing, and this thing is capitalism. It's very good. Goodbye. Bye.